The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Well, that did sound quite nice this morning. Sounds like uh, a 2019 Rossi Rousson. This was uh, a wine that Isabel helped convince us to not blend into the Homage Blanc and keep a... We did like 100 cases of... She's a smart lady, man. You got to hand it to her. Hey, welcome to to the winemakers. (laughs) We are the winemakers. I'm John Myers with Bart Hansen, Sam Couture, and the return of Isabel Gossier. What a pleasure to see you this morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome back. Thank you. How long have you, uh, oh, I'll let you go ahead and taste that. Bingo. Mm. How long have you been back, my friend? Mm. A little under two weeks. Yeah. Don't look at me. I mean, I, I do, I have <laughs> had it on my calendar. And you did miss the big rains, but. No, I, I arrived the day of the big rains, so brought, I missed some of them. She brought but. the big rains because <laughs> from France, where they also had big rains this year. And we have a, a special guest just uh, walking in here. The man, the Phil myth, Katuri. the legend. Hey. The legend. <laughs> oh, man, it turned out to be a nice day today. I was kind of wondering. I thought we were supposed we little, to have. We had a little nighttime rain. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but uh, that's nice. A quarter of an inch as opposed to, you know. Fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half inches <laughs> in twenty-four hours. Hey, I hear we got another big one coming. So I yeah, like it. but this one is like they're calling it an atmospheric river, but calling for like two inches. So I think they just just call that a um, creek, a, a, a rainstorm, a seasonal atmosphere. Yeah. It's not gonna be that bad. It's not. Phil says it's not gonna be. Say it into the microphone, so it's true. There we go. All right. Well, we had <laughs> Phil Katuri on. That was, thanks for joining us, Phil. That was insightful. <laughs> All good. Took a phone call that was all more important good. than us. I think the Katuris are all still recovering from uh, three nights at Grateful Dead shows too, right? I would say that that's probably a fair assessment. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Isabel, have you been to a, a Grateful Dead or Dead and Company show? I have not yet. Yeah. Still on the bucket list. You went to Wolf Brothers at uh, that's close. Greek Theater though, right? Yes, and that yeah. was a lot of fun. That was a... Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> One of the highlights of the summer. <laughs> Bobby Weir, I like those guys when they are. You know, they've broken up so much, and everybody has their own style. But yeah. I was listening to Phil Lesh yesterday doing playing in the band. It's not quite the same, but it sure as hell is good. Yeah. I'll just say that. So. As long as, should I say my controversial opinions on Absolutely. There? As long as he doesn't sing, Phil Lesh is great to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has other I say as somebody who has no ability singing, to sing you know? or have musical ability, uh, just... On the other hand, just look at what he plays. Spoken I'm always word, looking maybe. at his maybe spoken that's word. Paces, yeah, there we go. Yeah. A little slam poetry from Phil Lesh. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, we have a huge array of there's shiners a, well, on the table this well, morning. Well, these are uh, 
barrel samples? These are just, well, not, you wouldn't call them barrel samples, right, Isabel? Because they're from the tank. They're tank samples. Right. Uh, these are both dry. Uh, yeah, they're... they're so they're, they're, these are the, it's the Adutet now in its extended uh, maceration period. Um, so the Oakville Ranch, which was harvested on October 8th. Um, mm-hmm. And has been you know, on skin since then, and then the the Rossi Ranch, which was harvested uh, the following when is the thirteenth, October thirteenth, yeah. right? Um, and basically, the reason uh, Phil Isabel staying two more days. Um, you're, you're staying two more days. To, I am. <laughs> just to finish all the pressing here. And yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, exactly. What? Basically, every day that Isabel has been here, she's been in the winery tasting these two wines um, to f- track and teaching us all about tannins and tannic peaks. <laughs> I a mean, good, good thing to know about. Yeah, I mean, I think. Making these wines is, uh, we've been making them solely based on our palates, right? And so, um, for us, there's two, well, (laughs) yeah, I feel like there's two very important decisions, um, in at least these Grenache's life and it's the picking date and then, uh, the pressing date. Yeah. Uh, and so we've been tasting daily to track, um, Mostly mouthfeel, really, because generally speaking, we've noticed that when, you know, we have supple tannins and um, a nice, you know, dense mid-palate, usually the nose is also quite open and uh, showcases the vineyard really well. So it's been really cool tasting everything every day and noticing that Oakville is still Oakville, and Rossi's still Rossi. Um, aromatically, they're very consistent year in, year out. So what were your thoughts about the original release, now that it's out and you've had a chance to taste it time and time again? Oh, I, I love the 2018s. Um, I think Rossi's showing beautifully right now. Uh Oakville, I st- I said this when it was being made, and I stand by it. At the time, I said it would be excellent ten years from then, and um, I think right now it's going through a phase where it's quite closed up, which happens quite. I mean, we're used to vintages that way in um, in France, and uh, I don't know. I feel like another six years, and it's just going to be pretty tremendous. It really has the structure and the acidity to hold with time um and yeah i'm super excited to taste it then right now it opens up but after you know quite a bit of time in the glass it needs a lot of air i would almost carafe it and definitely as phil says tasting it the next day after it's been opened uh that's that's a real characteristic of all the grapes that come off oakville ranch that it it, it's a um um a big they're they're, uh, they're they're big wines with a lot of ah. We'll there, let him the get out. Right there. there we are. This, uh, this segment brought to you by <laughs> Alhambra uh-huh. Water, not being delivered no, to our. This is why I can tell my joke. 
A hey, water, there's a water ad. <laughs> hey, Phil. Hey, Bart, what? Oh, that kind, you know that the kind the of water ad? You know the difference between God and winemakers? God doesn't add water? God knows he's not a winemaker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. That's how you remember. And I'll, I'll use that more than once for the next couple of years. Uh, but back, back to reality, because I, I, uh, with, with, with Oakville, the, the, it really holds, all the grapes off it hold, holds a natural acidity. And uh, the, 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 the pHs tend to be a little bit lower than, than, than most winemakers or most gods. Uh, are, 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 are used to and you give, you give it age uh, that, that it, it really brings out the, the, the uniqueness of that vineyard and they're, they're big wines that are, 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 are uh, just incredibly well, well balanced and they, don't, they, they overwhelm you by not attacking you and when you, when you, when, you know, last night we had is it the 16 Oakville, 17. Se- 17, yeah, 17 Oakville Grenache made a little, little uh, more traditional style. And it's just a beautiful wine. And, and the aromatics re- really explode with, with, with age. Uh, and, and, and Rossi tends to present itself. It, it, it is what you get. And, but I think, <clears throat> and especially as I age, uh, I want I want to drink five, six, seven-year-old wines on a regular basis, right. because then you're really getting they're easier on on the palate, and you're, you're getting everything from. But that means if you're out there buying wine, you have to buy enough so you can drink a bottle a month at least over the next ten years <laughs> of that same vintage. Well, I, I mean, it, <laughs> and you figure out how much you should buy. This segment right. brought to you by Enterprise Vineyards. <laughs> no, but it is. I think uh, to Phil's point, I think it's really cool when you get to uh when you get to track a wine throughout its right. lifetime and you get to experience it throughout your lifetime and and its own so. but I, I think that's something that we that you know work in the business um forget is how much we're tasting young wines and and you do have to make yourself like open up some old wines because there's always a bottle of something that you're currently selling open and you're tasting it but you that's usually in its infancy right so how do you think uh this next vintage will differ from the original um honestly it's too early to say uh uh yeah, I oh, what do I you think anticipate? it's I'm I'm not it's it's uh, honestly it's too early to say. I I mean there it feels like there's quite a bit of of uh tannic structure. Um I, I, the quality is there. They feel I mean I think the the tannins are beautiful, but they are very present at this stage, which they were in 2018 not so much in 2019, for example. And so this can go one of two ways where actually they've been smoothing out very, very nicely and we're starting to get kind of like that really silky mouthfeel. And it might stay that way, but sometimes wines close up while they're aging. And so maybe in the next, you know, six months, nine months, even sometimes year, like a year or two after it's bottled, um, the wine will, will... Tighten up. What is it? And then it, it, release It's almost again. like it relaxes. It's and like then it relaxes. What and is it biologically, that, uh, yeah. physically, that closes it up? 
Oh, I have no idea. That's that's the mystery of wine, uh, and, and that's the uh, the importance of following a wine that you love. On every, you want it to express the vintage of the hour. You, if you if you doing doing a, a vertical tasting, you you want to see the the, the the vineyard and the cellar be a theme throughout it, but you want to see a uniqueness of it. And, and how how is 2000, uh, 2021 going to be compared to 2019? Uh, it, it is you know I could give you my my, my ideas on it because 2021 was an, inter was an interesting vintage. Uh, it, it was a, it's a drought vintage, uh, the, the smallest berries we've ever seen. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, at Grenache clusters <laughs> look like a, a, a Napa Valley cab cluster with with swollen berries. <laughs> and I'm looking at cab clusters that might have, they could have been tiny berries that, that come in those with so-called little champagne grapes. They were tiny. Right. So we're dealing with we're dealing with that that vintage, and that will be expressed. And I think that the uniqueness of the two sites, even as you guys taste, taste the, the, well, the fermentation let's, let's samples, start uh, and talk about this. The, the, the uniqueness, that thread of, of the terroir comes through. And, and, and I think that's what we're, the main goal of this is to show Autotet as the two terroirs of, of, of Napa. It and, sure and, does, because you put those back to back, and you can, you know, it's just, I don't have a favorite. They're both spectacular. Um, and but everybody does settle on one or the other, as their particular favorite. The tastings I've watched, uh, pretty fascinating. Yeah, there uh, it's it's crazy how just how, how perfect it is. Yeah, it really does express exactly what you're trying to say. Bingo! <laughs> it's that's a good thing. It's really cool to see just how much the vineyard shines through, and it just goes to show how little. We as winemakers uh, Gods. have <laughs> you um, as God. How little you know of an impact we uh, well it, we can have a, a a strong impact, but in this case it's not the idea, and it's kind of cool to just try as much as possible to erase yourself behind the wine and just try to intervene at at the best possible time to let the vineyard shine. And that's the goal of the project and. Um, well, I can share mine. So, it's. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've actually had wine out of like test tubes. It's very. It's very biological lab in college. Yeah, I was going to give you a, an extra pour. Oops, sorry, Phil. I don't. I, I don't think it's the first time it's wine's been spilled on this table. Thank you. <laughs> I don't don't get it on you. No. That's this is the not question. The best, you know. uh, no. I've got another one. Save some of this for Paul and Jasmine. Well, well it's a, not a great time to be tasting this, but right. sure. I know. Well, and so okay. what are well, we about to about taste? That. So. Because. Because of the uh, one more glass, Bart. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm so confused. Are you doing Oakville now? Yeah, Oakville. Is this Oakville in my glass? I poured Oakville for you first, yeah. Here or here? I can smell it. Thank you. We really didn't. This is uh, absolute fantastic radio. 
You know what? People are going to want to know exactly what this is like. So it's well, to go back to the, Isabel's uh, comment about um, it not being a great time, it's just because the wines are coming off the skins. Even if they're sitting on the skins, they get what we call pumicey, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cappy. not cappy, cappy, you know. I mean, so right now the reason why, it, like, Rossi is, is uh, why it's a particularly bad time <laughs> to taste Rossi right now is that it's at its most reactive stage we're about 22 days on skins um and as we've been tracking you know tasting every day um we've gone through it with oakville and it was kind of clear that after day 25 26 it started really smoothing out um but the the peak of aggression let's say was definitely felt around 22 days and i'm seeing that with other grenaches around the valley and um, and so here Rossi is at its most uh, unflattering well, no, <laughs> stage I, I, in fermentation. That's what. That's <laughs> why I wanted to taste these wines uh, live on podcast, Isabel's, because of this this concept of tannic peak, which happens in Grenache, that you know, peak four, of three, aggression. Three days ago, four days ago, five days ago, the Oakville did not taste as good as it does right now. And, you know, we're probably going to press it tomorrow. Soon. Yeah. Um, because of where it is. And, and right now, Rossi is sort of on the ascension in its, in its tannic expression. Uh, and in a few days, it's going to settle back down. And then that's, that's when we press. And that's this, like, you know, nailing the press date as, you know, the second piece, the second date of importance. Um, so fast, you know. Like like a discussion that I've never had in a cellar before, talking about these tannic peaks and you know not freaking not freaking out and pressing because you feel like you've over extracted it and that it's gonna settle back down and that maybe isn't true of other varieties though, right? I, mean, I you don't couldn't do that to Syrah or Cabernet. You know, I, I have no clue. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it, it is. You know, and it's a discussion and it's a, an example of Philippe's protocol. And, and micro, in, in some ways, it's almost micromanaging because you're you're di- dissecting every day. You know, the, the 20, 2021 has across the board. I've been hearing from winemakers because of the tannins, shorter fermentations, uh, pressing pressing a little bit sweeter than you normally would, and, and to, to control those tannins. Combi doesn't care. He 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 he's going to let his the, the, his protocols rule it, and so it reveals th- those seven days that a lot of people are going through fermentations right now. He reveals it. He he, he dissects it over 25 days or 30 days, you know. And and and, and we were discussing that when we were, when we were tasting the Pinot Noir project that he does, you know. And that he he has, he has and that's why that's the beauty of 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 this whole collaboration is that we're bringing in. A person that has really distinct ideas on how he wants to deal with the fermentation, and and, and Isabel has 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 the, the the patience and the tasting of it to have that occur. You know, we have to have patience. There's patience throughout this whole process, in that the fruit was physiologically ripe, no, numer- numerically ripe, three weeks before he picked it. 
It was at 27, 28 bricks. And we waited three, literally waited three weeks. And what happened in those three weeks is, 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 is what's happening in this, in this fermentation as, as the, 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 every day the vineyard revealed a different flavor to you and when you tasted it. And it takes patience to say, oh, let's just get it over with, but, you know, right. but it, 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 it's, it's, I'm known for my patience. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So are, are you I guys, are you guys so the last ones on skins? Uh, at this point at Magnolia, yes, yeah. but that's pretty common for us. Yeah. So I uh, think I would, I would like to add is that, you know, one of the reasons why we're able to be patient, um, and we get to make wines this way to me is, uh, you know, growing the grapes gives us a great asset in the sense that, uh, the only reason why we're able to not freak out when the wines are starting to taste really harsh is because we've grown the grapes and known exactly, you know, how stressed they were or weren't. When did we start seeing lignification? Um, when did the seeds start browning? You know, uh, how, how you know, early we got to, let's say, 26 bricks and versus when did the color start bleeding? Like, we have all this knowledge um, that allows us to really assess the quality of the grapes because the reality is um, sometimes you are over-extracting. Sometimes the tannins aren't good quality. Sometimes the seeds are green and you're going with it. So you can't just do extended maceration with any Grenache or any grapes, um, and and it requires a lot of trust, you know, of like tasting and and feeling like, oh my God, this wine is really reactive. It's really aggressive, um, and and I feel like if I didn't know the quality of the grapes that we grow, if I hadn't been with them all season, I would probably freak out and and not. <laughs> I did. Let's go back to that uh, protocol. Um, Americans don't pro- take enough vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my life's a vacation. Um, the, the protocol that uh, Philippe Combe has, um, are, what are the markers that he's looking for daily? Um, you, you know, the, the, uh, I'm going to say this because then I, unfortunately I have, I have to leave. Ripe fruit, mature fruit, the impatience of the confidence that the vine could bring bring it to the point where it, it's 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 given everything it can and he takes it and having that confidence in the blocks that we harvest our fruit in and the confidence in the, the vineyard enables the confidence to have through all these different stages when there's a different types of patients when it's in the winery than there is in the vineyard but I, I uh, the, the 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 confidence to wait two weeks, the confidence to wait three weeks, because you know your plants could could transform, and that's it's it all comes it, down to patience. Confidence then. breeds confidence. patience. And pa- yeah, very, 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 I love bust, very Buster Posey of you. I'll see everybody. Then. See you, Phil. Thanks. Thank you. See you, Phil. Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be really interesting working and watching these two properties daily and see how they change. Because you're the one who's tasting it and it's driving, your palate's driving it. I mean, it's fun to even just see them grow, you know, like it's fun to, I, it's, it's been a privilege getting to farm those blocks and, you know, get to prune them, go through bud break, follow 
absolutely, yeah. Know the vines. The whole, yeah, yeah know really the know. vines, know, you know, that helps us assess how much whole cluster we want to do each year because we'll know if there was a little bit of a mildew infection or if the rachises were super green or if we had, you know, too much shatter or it just, yeah, we have, I think we start thinking about how we're going to make the wine basically after bloom. You know, yeah, totally. right. and because so every year ex something happens that makes you have to look forward and how is this going to affect us when we get into the winery? Right, right. And um, and once we're in the winery, uh, we don't really have a heavy hand on on the wines. You know, we're not. We don't have highly technical protocols that um, you know we're not choosing yeast that select certain flavor profiles we're not fermenting hot at all we stay actually quite cool and so we're not adding tannins we're not using um heavy oak down the line uh, so really our our main tools to make sure that we have consistency and style and quality is is um yeah just tracking tracking the the vines tracking the grapes and and seeing how we have to tweak in order um in order to be consistent so in years that are maybe super hot and there's a little more concentration and riper fruit but that had you know good ripening we'll add some whole cluster and in the, other years where it's fresher fruit we don't have to put whole cluster in and yeah there yeah. certainly is a big difference in these two glasses huge difference in those two glasses and so i was want to ask your opinion and bart yours um Having had the privilege of tasting these over the past month uh, and seeing where Oakville is today, and you know, we pulled these samples a couple hours ago, uh, and where Rossi is today, and where they were a week ago, um, knowing that this sort of tannic peak that Rossi is either at or approaching is going to settle back down and reveal something that is not the same as what the Oakville is right now, but is in the same sort of uh, level of expression. Um, I am confident that, you know, we're going to get here from there. I'm pointing to the Oakville from the Rossi. <laughs> um, I mean, I think something that the people who don't get to taste fermenting tanks um, for them to understand is all the tasting that goes on before it's dry is all very uh, I mean you're 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 tracking the color you're tracking the aromatics um, and then you're trying to catch start catching that perception of tannin mm -hmm. um, but the sugar is always there kind of masking it and then all of a sudden it gets to a point where there's so little sugar that the tannin is there and you hope that you're not like oh surprise here i am you're hoping that it's at a point where it's like oh this is good but i want it to fill in more right, right? and 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 that's kind of where these are at or well that's where the where the rossi is right right and i feel like uh oakville definitely went through that phase like when i showed up oakville was um first tasting kind of skinny i would say then it started closing up significantly. Then it got really aggressive. 
And and now not only is it relaxing, but it's filled out quite a bit. And we've gained so much density in the mid palate. It's so juicy and the aromatics are are insane. It's uh and we're finding aromatic consistency throughout the years. So like the most I think for me the signature is very much like the blood orange rind, like the dried blood orange rind and uh, dried rose petals. There's, you know, licorice in the finish as usual. But what I love about Oakville is I feel like it goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're starting to, to see that. And Rossi, that was, uh, you know, tasting quite exuberant when I showed up and was still very sweet, um, for the past two or three days has started closing up quite a bit. And now it's starting to be aggressive. And then it's going to go, I mean, I expect it to go through the same evolution as, as uh, right. Oakville has. Um, so, so Isabel, th- I brought a sample of oh, my Rossi, um, still on skins. Uh, my plan was actually to drain it this afternoon and press it tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, again, uh, this is 100% Grenache, though. I don't know if, did you, do you guys have Mouvetta? I mean, it's not in at this there's point. A, you don't co-ferment anything, do you? There's a there's a tiny bit of Mved that ends up in the. There's always like three yeah. percent because, and the only reason why we do it at uh, Rossi is because at Oakville Ranch we have two rows of Morved that are co-planted, right. and so we're trying to respect similar right. percentages because we're right. trying to compare right. what's comparable. Yeah. So, at any rate, just for you guys to try, and then I brought the. And you picked this. Also. The same day we, or no, you picked this a little, a couple days after. No, I was two days after. If if it was that day, then we were out there. You guys were picking. That was mine. Was two days later. So. Oh, this is delicious. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's um, you know, but but also that same thing where, it definitely was at a point where it was, tannic and still sweet, and I was like, ugh. Maybe I, you know, work this too hard. Now, the thing I did on this for the first time is I did almost all pump overs for the first time. No punch downs. No punch downs. Until here at the very end, I've, you know, just very gently tried to. And I did that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I don't really know that it wasn't a, yeah, I don't have an explanation. It just, I thought I would try it because I thought it would be more gentle on a year when the, um, grapes were so small and mm-hmm. what I thought were going to be perceived heavy tannins. So, anyway, pretty happy with how it's turned out so far. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, what else? <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about um, and it, it was a challenging year in France and I know you, you like everywhere you've everywhere that we've showed up at the same place to talk to somebody new in the last two weeks <laughs> you've had to tell the same story so I'm sorry but um Talk about you know what what you went home to uh, as far as what the what the crop looked like and and you know your thoughts on the the harvest in France 2021. Well, I'm I'm only going to speak to the harvest in my AVA just because I I'm not else. Um, throughout Europe, it was a challenging um, year. We all for most fruits <laughs> we got hit pretty hard with frost in April and um, we're usually really fortunate uh, where like we're in, in the Costière because we're so close to the Mediterranean. We usually, you know, don't get hit with 
temperatures under, you know, negative one or two uh, Celsius. Sorry, can't do Fahrenheit name. But I'm guessing 30 Fahrenheit. I noticed that on your... I know 32 I noticed, is zero. I noticed your it. iPhone um, was back to Celsius uh, yes. <laughs> settings. It only was in How Fahrenheit for work. How have you driven since you got here? <laughs> no clue. No. Still bad at that. <laughs> Some things don't change. Um... So, so it was, I mean, it was tricky because when you have, you know, a severe frost episode, um, one, it affects your crop significantly because you're going with secondary buds because the first, the main buds break, um, or burn off more like it. Um, and, and depending on, you know, I guess the vigor or the fertility of a vineyard your secondary buds can actually yield quite a bit of fruit but in in France we tend to have lower vigor than we have here and so you know usually we had mostly shoots with maybe one cluster some none um and so another you know concern when uh when you have really bad frost is is making sure you have actual wood to prune for the following year and growing strong enough shoots and canopies that, you know, you can still have a plant that produces carbohydrates that it's, you know, saving up some energy for the following years and uh, is not too affected. So to farm, it's quite tricky because obviously you have way less fruit. So your production costs go up. Um, it's, it's, harder to um to do you know suckering and shoot positioning and um so that that was a little more challenging for them this year um and then once you approach harvest uh well we had a little bit of uneven ripening uh because you have whatever shoots didn't get frosted that you know went through bloom and berries that much earlier um but it turns out that actually ended up being quite cool because, you know, it's a great way to have both acidity and, you know, right. like aromatic fruit. Um, it's just a lot trickier to decide when to pick, you know, because your sampling is is quite, yeah, your very hard, sampling. Hard to get a good sample with that. Right? Hard to get a good sample and a good re a read. So, you know. Um, it was hard to, to you have. You just need to uh, sample a lot of Zinfandel vineyards and get <laughs> to get the trick. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. On sampling Zinfandel right. vineyards. Very true. At least Zinfandel varies within a cluster, I know, I so know. that's a little more helpful. <laughs> but so I think the 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 funny part of the year was you know um, expecting expecting grapes to come in at a certain weight or a certain ripeness. And being considerably off, <laughs> um, but I mean, we oh, but were, always on the always on the always on less ripeness and less less weight. fruit. Well, it was mostly it mostly came out as like less fruit significantly. I think we we're at minus thirty percent, um, and then not necessarily less ripeness, but just not. We hadn't expected. You know, certain TAs, certain right. acidities. Like, it was just, we didn't expect pHs to be in a certain place. And right. uh, so, um, or 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Just a lot a, of pivoting. How do you figure out what Malik you're going to be at when right. you have uneven ripeness? Right. And it was just, yeah, a lot of a lot of pivoting, I guess. Um, and so we ended up, you know, bringing starting quite early. The whites were gorgeous. We brought in all of our Syrahs, um, and then and then and we what had is, a. What is early? In sort of like year time I mean, frame. we always start the third week of August, second or third week of August with our whites and, well, mostly with whites. So we didn't start ridiculously early, but, you know, it wasn't a late harvest. Um, and so, yeah, the beginning went smoothly, just, you know, way less fruit than we expected and, and uh, yeah, had to... Kind of figure out the plan of attack once the grapes came in more than like before, which is not usually. Is it and the how same much kind of problem that we were having where it's like, you, all of your mid-sized tanks were full, none of the really big tanks were full, and you're just sort of like out of space. A little side. bit of that, yeah. So like choosing to co-ferment or put certain blocks together, you don't usually and. Yeah, a lot of, you know, Seven figuring out. Seven a 2010 tank <laughs> no. doesn't work very well. No, especially not if you want to cool it or heat it or any of that. Especially if you're in a place that doesn't measure in tons. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we got all our whites in, our Syrahs. Uh, very happy with our Syrahs, too. And then, um, then we got about 12 inches in one day. 12 inches of rain. Yes, in, sorry. In 12 inches six, of rain in six, in six hours, hours or something. So um, so that, you know, we didn't do much for two weeks after that because right. you can't really bring in tractors or anything Just into... A little, uh, little mushy after that, right? A little right? bit mushy, mm -hmm. yeah. And you definitely don't want to go out there and compact your Have soil. Have you ever seen anything like that? Do you get that kind of rain in France? That intensity? Yeah, well, where I'm from, we get these what we call uh, like Sevenol episodes were close to a mountain a, like mountain range that's called the Seven. Um, this used to be quite common when I was a child. We had like a few years of that. Most notably 2002 is like famously known for its horrible floodings. Um, floods, sorry. <laughs> My English has gotten worse. No, it's, it's, you <laughs> no, were right either Sam's way. I've been worry. making fun of it since <laughs> I've arrived. Um, You're catching yourself now, though. You didn't. Two weeks ago, you just walked right through it. So <laughs> you're getting there. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah, so we would have really bad floods. We usually get these uh, torrential storms. Uh, but at the end of. Usually it's October, November. Sometimes it hits you in September. When it hits you in September, not great. Um, and so then, you know, then our crop became even lighter because you want to make sure you're picking the best fruit out there. Um, How much lighter was it? Oh, overall it was 30 to 35% lighter. And what? Wow. So you had, you had your white grapes and the Syrah in by then. So basically it's Grenache. And Morved. Yeah. Grenache and Morved was, were still out. And then, you know, you have to wait for them to kind of usually when you have a storm and you taste grapes after it, it can be quite diluted. You can notice that the berries have absorbed a lot of water. Um, and so you kind of have to wait a so bit they, of time. So they absorb through the skin as well as through the... No, no, no. It's, it's, okay. yeah, it's the, the vines okay. sucking it up. All right. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically, just for quality, you have to wait until, you know, you start tasting flavor again and it's not completely diluted. And, and, but and the longer you, you wait, the more 
rot happens or berry cracking and stuff. So so you lose you you have to drop fruit and be a little more selective. Right, and you lose acid also, and the acid never comes back because you lose some acid in the dilution factor, right? A little, yes. Generally speaking, you do. But if again, if you wait yeah. long enough, I've seen numbers go back restore. to quote unquote normal and yeah. restore. Um, we also have like low potassium in most of our soils, so we don't, you know, we don't have issues. We have lower pHs in general, so we have a little more leeway. Um, we have a little more leeway with our acidities. And and your family also has tree crops, right? Uh, yeah. Pe- and and yeah. how did that was was the frost? Did it affect that also, or was the timing different with that? No, no, no. <laughs> it definitely affected uh, the, f- the peaches and apricots yeah. and yeah, 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 and pears. Um, peaches got hit real bad, um, but that was just generally. Um, the year, I mean, throughout Europe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I, I guess I didn't realize that. I guess I was wondering if they went through. I guess the frost would do it regardless of how far out they were, so to speak, at those well, temperatures that you guys. If had. I'm, I was in the U.S. while that happened, so I don't exactly know which phenological stage they were at. But if I remember correctly, like usually peaches and apricots go to bloom significantly earlier than vines do, and. My, the way I remember it is that basically got frosted around bloom, which yeah. is not a good time to get frost. <laughs> if there was like the worst, no good time, right? The, as, when the vines are growing, there's no the plants are growing. There's no good time, yeah. but bloom would be about the worst time. Well, you were saying <laughs> last week we, we had the uh, Beaujolais Pinot. Last oh, the, the uh, well, the the Scribe Nouveau. Right. Yeah. And you were saying that there was no Beaujolais Nouveau. This year well, because but that's, of the that's, weather I, in France. I mean, there might be some frost reasons for that. I mean, they probably have less than they usually do. But what they're saying is that's a supply chain thing. Oh, okay. that they're, there you go. They're, you know, the whole point of Beaujolais, of, of Nouveau, is that you, you know, you drink it right then. new. Yeah. Uh, and they're worried. <laughs> and, you know, the, the Beaujolais Nouveau thing is built all around... It's all marketing. It's all about the release parties and where they, you know, they serve you plenty of of sale material until midnight, and then at midnight they bust out the new phone. You're like, oh, this is great! I'll order five cases. Um, (laughs) They're worried that they're not going to have it here in time for the parties. You know, I, I, mean, I can understand. They you, flew it over on the Concorde like they used to when they came up with this thing. <laughs> yeah, they flew one case over on the Concorde for press photos, and the rest of it was on a shipping container in the port of Newark. <laughs> no shit. Look at the color difference between what Bart poured in his 2018, I guess, Grenache, oh, I need to pour the and these samples. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it, well, yeah, you, John, it's like that's like looking at apples and oranges. Oh, that's okay. Um, or actually, bananas and and apples. It's, <laughs> it's just like, fascinating um, to look at. But um, yeah, I mean, there's no c- wine um, during its fermentation is the greatest color it ever is. Like those colors that you get during when they're on skins, they're the best. They're the best. So. Um, I ran across some guys at a little co-op um, in Banyol, 
and okay. they were taking red grape skins and they would grill their sausages and then put them into the grape skins and it was biting well, well, incredible. No, you know what? So I, I just recently saw this and I was going to try it. I saw a thing. What you do is you get um, fresh sausages and you put them in your crock pot or your slow cooker and you put the skins in it and then you th- put the uncooked sausages in, top it with the skins and turn it on your crock pot and let it cook into your crock pot for eight hours. That's pretty much what they just were like doing. like pressed so. out skins. Yeah. Yep. And month. maybe not even pressed out. Maybe just, you know, the top that's still got something to it. And um, anyway. Well, we, turns out we still have a couple of those tanks that right. aren't pressed out yet. Right. Go buy some Ovello. Go, go buy get some, some Ovello. Pull out the crock pot. Yep. Does Ovello do uh, raw sausage mm-hmm. also? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boil, we used to always call them boiling sausages, but yeah. Boiling sausages. Yeah. He actually does, he does a, uh, the sausage that you do, cotequino, that you do bolito misto with. There's a great cotequino. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Yeah, but you're not Italian, so it's okay. The guy makes <laughs> some <laughs> I mean, awesome stuff, I'll say that. Have you been to Ovelos yet since you've been back in California? I have not. I've only eaten Mexican food. <laughs> That's what I miss the most, I'll be honest. So, yeah. Maybe you ought to, you know, find some guys to go with you and open a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I know. Or tacos just... I know. Right. We're definitely missing great tacos out there. I mean, can you even get, like, the same... I think you probably get the same cuts of meat and... Sure yeah, means. it's just you can't really get masa out there. I would have to, like, get it, like, no corn, even just huh? for the tortillas. Yeah. Well, send it's us not wine. Just... We'll fill the boxes back up with masa and send it to you. Okay, deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you could get, yeah, I mean, you could get produce for that side of it. But, yeah, masa. Yeah, and I, f- I found, like. Maybe you have to grow your own corn. Yeah, well, yes, definitely. But, uh, <laughs> we're still at the beginning of our vegetable garden. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm going to try the Three Sisters for sure. So, um, but yeah, we can get jalapenos. Right. That's about it. <laughs> um, will you talk about sort of like what new things that you're going to be doing and what your, some of your plans are now that you're back there? And I know you were talking about taking some other classes and bringing some stuff from here over there. What's, <laughs> what's, what's ruminating for you know, the next couple of years of uh, yeah. Isabel Garcia and also Domaine Garcia. Um, so let's see. So I'm going to still be more focused on vineyards than, um, than the cellar as I've been for the past <laughs> five years. Um, we've been wanting to, so we've been or farming organically and certified, uh, since 2007, I believe. Uh, but now we're getting to the point where it, I, it's not enough. You know, organic farming is just, we can do, we can definitely do better. And uh, coming here, I've been extremely inspired by uh, the farmers that I've met that are working regeneratively or, you know, basically integrating eco-agricultural practices and regenerative practices into um, into their farming methods. And the goal for us is to convert all our farming towards regenerative practices 
um, and integrating eco-agriculture, so maybe a little more agroforestry and diversifying some of our crops, integrating grazing animals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, at the, but, you know, we are in an AVA where wines are affordable and we'd like to keep it that way, but that means our production costs have to stay affordable. And so I'm going to be working on, you know, implementing this transition. And for that, I feel like I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> and so um, the next year, yeah, I, have, I am going to be focused on um, meeting other farmers and um, grape farmers that are already doing this type of work, going to seminars and conferences, and just trying to, you know, uh, connect with other people that are um like-minded like-minded and well you know maybe if i could avoid making a few really obvious mistakes right. just by <laughs> asking Find a few somebody people. else who already made those mistakes yeah <laughs> that learning from other would be nice yeah. well it is definitely uh faster to learn that way and um but Much also more you know i'm effective also yes much more but I know I'm going to, you know, when when doing that, you're bound to um, experience quite a few failures. And so it'd be nice to have people, it'd be really helpful to have people I can kind of brainstorm with right. and pick their brains and um, kind of get to solutions and conclusions a little faster. Cool. So. And, and, and I mean, are there people in a day's drive that you have already kind of looked and, and identified those people? Or are you going to have to go out farther? Are you going to have to go to different appellations? Um, so definitely different appellations. Um, I've already met a few producers within Day's Drive. Uh, right now, the only place I've been, obviously I haven't been home for very long, uh, has been in the Vach, which is, you know, basically north of Saint-Tropez and just out there in the in the mountains right. in the um and there's a there's a lot of very small producers doing really interesting work and what um, are they growing there so it's kind of it's kind of funny they grow mostly rones but then they get to grow sauv blanc and cab sauv <laughs> so it's like the moon mountain district exactly i was like oh this is they should try some exactly what i meant Yes, they should. Have you seen um, some people really doing a good job cost-effectively implementing eco-farming there? I haven't yet. I've been I've only been home for two and a half months and haven't started this into journey much. In the middle of, into a middle of a challenge. Yeah, and I came for harvest. So uh, we'll have to I'll have to let you know in a year. <laughs> Sounds good. And then she got free time, and we said, okay, get your ass back on the plane and get here. Help us out. Free time, huh? Yeah. Free time. Yeah. Free time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the – I think from everything that we understand about climate change, um, we're going to have a few uh, challenges. Uh, one is I think we're going to see more and more unusual pests showing up. <laughs> um, because of just the change in, um, yeah, anyway. What kind of, what are you seeing and what are you thinking about there? Mostly bugs. Okay. <laughs> just, yeah. 
Weird insects. <laughs> Hotter in. weather bugs. Like, uh, not too far from where I'm at, but some people got infested with crickets. Like, it's just some. It's just ra- random, not very predictable. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, what's going to be coming in. But I think that the more, you know, monoculture is a very, a very vulnerable system. And the idea is the, if we create a more complex ecosystem, um, there's less room for invasive species or pioneer species to just show up and wreak havoc right. because they can be outcompeted um, and and they can be, you know, kept at a manageable level. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is I think we're going to see really um, erratic weather patterns, both, you know, these huge storms with a lots of water coming down at once and periods of drought and extreme heat. And so I think that, you know, making sure that we have soils that can hold moisture, both for maintaining humidity when there's none and also for being able to just absorb a bunch of water when it falls. What okay. What is water um, storage like there? I mean, do you have irrigation ponds? Do you... No. Are there, are there big reservoirs in the area that supply water or is everything well-driven? So the reser- so neither <laughs> the <laughs> the reservoirs that we have are actually to collect rainwater and avoid flooding right. <laughs> um they're not to keep water we have canals so we have the right the rhone runs through the appalachian right. there were canals that were created in the late 1800s um and then like basically a bunch of systems of smaller canals coming off the main canal. So it's all about it, just getting the water out of there. It's all Rhone water. Right. And so there's no well and there's no reservoir. Right. It's, it's all just, about... And that's for your ag water? Is that drinking water also or is that just ag water? Ag water from the canal. Drinking water? I'm not sure. I just turned the faucet I should on learn and this. there. No, it's we have a well. Like, we have, yes. Water. We have wells. Um, there are wells, but not for irrigation. That's our drinking water. But I don't think the whole cities, <laughs> I don't think the cities are run right. on wells. But it's, it's, what it's all mean. about the Rhone River then, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's all from the river. But, um, so anyway, I think that, you know, both preserving soil moisture, also making sure that we have ideally, you know, permanent ground cover, that it be by cover crops or mulching or um, that'll allow to, temperatures quite low in the soil which does a lot for plant stress but i've also noticed noticed does a lot for grape quality and since you work two continents what are the difference in the cover crops there than from sonoma or again like we're comparing tiny regions like i don't know about europe as a continent or even france as a whole country um we have very different so, so when it comes to what's seeded, it's quite similar. Um, like the daikon and all the different clovers and, you know, triticale. Um, we don't really do mustard, um, <laughs> but, but we Thank do God. have a mix yeah. of brassicas. Yeah. Neither do we, apparently. Um, <laughs> you know, we have septenary mustard new clover us. and our crimson clover. Anyway, the, the seeds are, are quite similar, what we choose. Um the difference is, at least where I'm from, the soils have been farmed for over 2,000 years easily. And um, 
and they were farmed very intensively during World War One and Two, and so our organic matter contents are are lower than they are here, um, and we're also a lot rockier than we are here. I mean, aside from some spots in Moon Mountain, um, and so so in places where we just have no soils and just rocks, like the Galley Roulet that you see in Chateauneuf and stuff, it's really hard to get a cover crop started in there. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if that's... Possible I, I at believe all. that it's possible. But, like, my, my, my sense is potentially with a lot of patience and um, maybe mulching, we can get to the point where... There's at least enough like organic matter for some seeds to germinate, and with time we can maybe start building some topsoil in there. But topsoil on top of rocks that are all going to percolate to the top, and it's like this, I don't this know. ongoing battle. Exactly, it's like, I don't. It's like raking the forest. You're just you're never going to get to the bottom, right? Or you're going to always. But, yeah. but I mean, I don't have super high hopes, but I feel like we can at least. Give it a good old college but, try. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> just try and build some organic matter back up. Yes. Right. I mean, isn't that. Compost and well, isn't, some seeds. And, isn't um, that the story of Cayman, that it was, you know, jackhammer holes in the ground to plant things and then hopefully create enough organic material that you can start growing yeah. and it works. something it only, in it. It only takes 40 years to be an overnight success. Right. Yeah. Right. Which my well, goal is that by the end of my career – You'll have built organic matter back exactly. in the soil. Yeah. yeah, I would hope so. And well, something nice to pass fertile. on to the next generation That's for the idea. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking of how heavily it was farmed during the war years, um, I can understand that. They're trying to get everything possible out of that land. Mm-hmm. And uh, fascinating. It really is. Do you do a lot of beans over there as cover crops? The bell beans? We've tried. <laughs> Notice the she beans said, are no. She said the, the plantings are very similar. She didn't say that what, grows the, what growing similar. is. No, very it's similar. not just that. Is like depending on how big a seed is, you have to bury it more or less deep, and you know, it's it's easier it's to seed. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's easier to seed seeds that are approximately the same size. Cost effectiveness again. Fits in between all those rocks. <laughs> yeah. What's the average price of a bottle of wine where you live, uh, as opposed to here? Um, I think uh, average for like you know a vigneron, like you're going to a family winery, they're doing, you know, they're doing the work themselves. Like it's not a a big whole. Is it wholesale? The negos. How do you call yeah, it? Yeah, it's like? Okay. Also, yeah. So if you're going to a, a producer, I would say probably anywhere between nine and thirteen euros is kind of like the mid price. So up to up to twenty dollars. What would you say is here, Sam? Uh, well, a if you're more? going to small family wineries here, you're going to be spending all thirty to forty. Probably more than that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, remember, John, though, we're talking this, this, we're the speck of sand on the beach. Yeah. You know, what, what we're talking about. Um, Understand. So, um, you know, I mean, and, 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 and your family's winery is certainly bigger than 16600. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit of a different playing field, you know. 
um, your wines are negotiated. I mean, um, they're distributed worldwide, and mm-hmm. um, so I just, it's hard to compare. It's hard. It's hard to compare. <laughs> I got I got a kick out of going to the Leclerc. Uh, supermarket in uh, Supermarché. I've never been to Leclerc. And, and <laughs> so I'm shopping the wine aisles, and John says, "Hey, John, there's there's an entire aisle over here of Magnums. Don't you want some Magnums?" Oh, sure. I mean, I, I was just having fun. I mean, you can go, you can just roll down the aisles. It's ten bucks, ten bucks, ten bucks, five, ten, maybe fifteen. You know. That's just, about as high as it gets yeah, in the supermarket. You, yeah. You, so much there to play with too. I mean, discover. Yeah, it's a lot of fun shopping. If you are getting wine at a supermarket in France, I highly recommend going to a Monoprix. They actually they have like a nice selection, and for like, if you get a wine from a small appellation, you know, if you get something, yeah, not from Burgundy, Bordeaux, or Cote du Rhone, and you put six to seven euros, usually have a good wine. Like it, it, yeah. Never fails. And you want to try the Desire Lines? I'd love to. It's delicious, but it's so young. I know. This was totally. Well, I was I was looking. It's Syrah, right? I was, yeah, yeah, from oh, uh, Shake Ridge. You. Thanks for opening, it, Sam, because now I don't have to open yeah, mine Sam? for a yeah, little exactly. while. <laughs> Thank you. I think I have another one somewhere. Oh, God, it's been a long time since we've had these guys on, too. Yeah, it really has. Well, well, we, had yeah, we just Cody had Cody, and Cody yeah. on. Yeah. We had Cody and but no, but no Emily. Right. Really, um, Cody's great. Let's talk to Emily because she knows what she's talking about. Um, uh, yeah, this is young. I was looking for the. I was looking in the fridge that I thought I had the Gossier ones, and I saw this instead and I grabbed it. <laughs> we just saw they Bedrock. So Cody is, is the assist, associate winemaker at Bedrock. Um, brought in their last fruit when we were over there giving them shit for picking grapes so late uh, two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was this week, right? It was this that week. Syrah from down yeah, in the Syrah day before from, yesterday, correct. You know. yeah. And it's, it's crazy, and it's sort of like the opposite harvest that they've had down in the, the Central Coast. You know, Morgan's been talking about it uh, all harvest. They picked it, and it was still in the low 20s, 24 bricks, something crazy. Um, you know, and it looked like ripe Syrah, um, but they've just had this such different harvest down there. And we were driving up the 101 on Monday, coming home from the shows in L.A., you drive through Salinas Valley, and they were running these, you know, the mechanical harvesters in that north, or the south end of the Salinas Valley. Everywhere you looked, it was vines laden with grapes, probably a lot of Syrah, um, picking, I think, you know, I was talking to a buddy at uh, Han, big, big producer down there. Their last harvest is tomorrow, Friday. Yeah. Um, Isabel, we've been in for three weeks. Right. The wonder of social media. I was just posting some photos of us uh, on, on Facebook. Um, and Dave Hayes writes back. He says, nice. Can't wait. I got to sit in on a video call with her father a few weeks ago. He seemed excited to have her home working uh, with him and commented on the, on the value, valuable experience she was gaining working in California over the last few years. So. Aww very interesting people like you it's a very cool so, thing i know we didn't like prep you for this what um oh. gossier wines are available here and how to any do you have any no, you have no idea how to find any of that huh now you got nothing look for gossier wines domain gossier not chateau gossier right right so uh, the actually our chateau de nage 
wines. So that, so. And will you spell that for people who are looking for it on the internet and things like that? So chateau. Yes. Right. Yeah, you could, you could probably skip over chateau. If, you, if you're listening to a wine podcast and you haven't figured out how to spell chateau, uh, okay. and your name isn't Phil Couture, um <laughs> then you should probably learn. So let's see. I don't know how to spell chateau. C H A T E A U. Good enough. Good. De D E, and then the last word Nage, N A G E S. Chateau de Nage. So those, actually, quite a few of those are available at Total Wine stores. Um, and then the Domaine Gassier wines. So th- those are, yeah, those are the, right. The Chateau de Nage, the one with the bowl on yeah. the label. Luc Car... Luc Cardier. Cardier? Cardier? Luc Cardier. I'll leave it to you. Just leave the French to yeah, the French. Yeah, I know. I, I am. <laughs> it's actually not French. It's Occitan. <laughs> it's the language from where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a very nice page put together. It's got nice graphics. It looks high, high line. That's high, nice quality. That's all my mom. Well, she's doing a good job. Yeah, Tell her. she's got quite the eye. It's really impressive. The nuances of the soul and the sincerity of the winemaker. Very nice. <laughs> Another T-shirt. Um, and those wines, I have a harder, a harder time knowing exactly where because they're, they're, you know, they're distributed by smaller um, cavistes. I don't know. Distributors, just smaller importers. Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I don't know the word. Um, and is your brother still doing doing some work with that here? Um. I know that he was a while ago. He's gonna be transitioning out, and um working on his passion is writing he's a very talented writer and i think well he's focusing on writing oh good for him yeah we're very excited for him is he gonna write about wine no is he novel writer yes excellent those are the guys who make the world go around i'll say (laughs) that i mean i'm i'm a avid reader and i I can do a couple books a week and whoa love it well I, i read to go to sleep that's it Sometimes at two in the morning, <laughs> you know, you stare at an iPad. It's a difference. The book doesn't light up, right? You know, and you have to have a light. Turn that off. But no, at night, iPads are really bright. <laughs> but soon you'll be reading. What's your brother's name? Nicholas. Nicholas Gassier's new novel. I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Not about wine. It's the idea. All right, well, you can find the Gassier wines out there for sure. They're here. They're good. Seek them out. Uh, the audio tats, we still have some of the 18s. Uh, the 19 will be coming out uh, on Philippe's birthday, which was the goal. Which was the goal in last year, but it didn't happen. Uh, Philippe's birthday, so it'll be January 21st. January 21st, 2022. Look for your 2019 audio reds because there's no rosé to go with it uh, coming out. Well, speaking of writing. Um, we should say thank you to Wine Business Monthly for oh, yeah. putting us on the cover as uh, one of the 2021 A whole bunch of really respectable leaders. people and then the four of us. Yes. <laughs> leaders <laughs> in the industry. Leaders in the wine industry. <laughs> and, and Bart, you've got this look on you. you, you know, you're, you're working that glass of wine. It's a great shot. It really is. I know you said it's really old. Brian looks like a teenager. I, mean, I think it's that's Brian's funny. prom picture. <laughs> 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 That's Sam's is from uh, one of our great um, <laughs> yes. Zoom wine tastings. Went from a screenshot, an iPhone of a of a <laughs> laptop screen, to the cover of a magazine. 
Right. <laughs> but how nice to be included in that group. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, folks. it's a it's a robust uh, group of people: scientists, winemakers, uh, writers, uh, psalms. It's it's a pretty uh, tractor makers. Great company to be tractor maker. hanging right. around with. I guess he does some other stuff. I guess <laughs> makes a little wine. Makes some wine, right? But uh, the the monarch tractor folks, uh, Priyanka, the winemaker, sees it Signorello. No, yeah. Somewhere over there. And Randall she's Graham a, she's a, on there. And Randall Graham. Yeah. Right. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a wild, wild, wild honor. So Yeah, like it. you know, I mean, people within the industry might see it if they pick up the magazine. Right. Um, those of you not, uh, nice to, um, it's nice for us to be acknowledged by our industry. So, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to... More, the list keeps growing, right? Growing and growing and growing. So, um, what is this episode two? Got to be two twenty something. Two twenty something, yeah. yeah oh. So, but who's counting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clearly not us. Clearly not us. <laughs> the Podfather. The Podfather. C- he, counting from his new pad in Dallas. Ed knows. Yeah. So he showed up in wintertime and only wore shorts. I'm just yeah. wondering when he's going to move to Dallas. I don't. You know, he show, he was here. Briefly, he didn't. We, we, I tried to get him up to Sonoma. He, he no, came, he ran down to see box set. Uh, uh, yeah, he came in town to see the box set shows. Uh, uh, the box set show at Freight and Salvage. Shout out to uh, Jeff Pearson, uh, the, our our fellow, uh, well, married to a podcaster, Jeff Pearson. Um, and he, he, I, I asked. I straight up just asked him if he was moving. To, and he has. It's like some friend of his who has this giant house. Got divorced, and basically, he there's just, like, the podfather wing of this house yeah. that he has to himself. So I don't think, you yeah. know, he, I don't uh, think he's given up that apartment in the Gold Coast. Too, no, he'll keep too that. Quickly. But he's been, I mean, he's down there for a month this time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, we'll he, he had ahead. more uh, trick-or-treaters than I've ever even imagined. He bought cartons and cartons and cartons and cartons and boxes and bags of, tr- he had hundreds of trick-or-treaters. Halloween Made fresh in March of last year. <laughs> yeah, right. or or exactly. or more. <laughs> Go back somewhere, a few years, man. <laughs> well, thank you, Ed. It's uh, great uh, to be with the Radio Misfits Podcast yeah. Network. Um, I do have an, a virtual event that I should probably Please. have been talking about for a while now. Uh, uh, we're doing another virtual vinyl Sunday. November 14th, we got Jamie Kaler back uh, as our host. I think this one is going to be like a Facebook Live. Uh, Jamie's bringing in some other guests, and we have some music, uh, some other, like, comedy friends of his. Um, so we're, we're going to Facebook Live with it, um, but there'll be info about that in all of the social media and email places where you get info from Winery 16600. Uh, but November 14th, and I, I don't know, I can't remember what time. I think it's in the afternoon. I'll be in Af- Carmel. Afternoon. Well, you can tune in from Carmel on your on your iPhone. There you go. Right. Try it. Yeah. Driving back. S- send <laughs> send Joan back in the spa, and we'll. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thank Anybody you, else? gentlemen. Isabel. Bart, you got wine what for sale. What a pleasure, as always. I have wine for sale. New releases. New releases. Uh, wine I know for sale. a lot of people uh, have received their wine. Uh, there's a whole bunch sitting waiting to be packed and being shipped out. 
and we got plenty more. So uh, fill your coffers. It's time. And it's Thanksgiving. What it's what's Thanksgiving. for Thanksgiving wine? Well, I mean, it's Chenin Blanc, of course, and right? Chenin. And Grenache. Chenin and Grenache. I used to always say Zinfandel was the perfect Thanksgiving yeah, wine. Well, that's because when you made a lot of Zinfandel. Right. <laughs> it was before I started making Grenache, and now, without a doubt, Grenache is much better suited for um, uh, turkey. Totally. Turkey. Turkey. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving in France, Isabel? Oh, yeah, wait. Going, going to work. <laughs> we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. We're just going to be morose. It's November's not a great month in France. No. It's yeah. not It's not Christmas time yet. It's not the holidays. Exactly. Well, we have two days off, like two public holidays. We have November 1st, November 11th. But then after that, it's just the gray skies. Mistral Brillo. On the other hand, so wait a minute. November first is for All Saints Day. All Saints Day. That's and a then, Catholic holiday. And then November eleventh is um, World War One. World War One, yeah. Uh, Armistice. Armistice Day, yeah. Oh, Which is we call word. well, we okay. call it Veterans Day we here. Veterans Day. Well, we but have two. We have both for World War One, and then in June we have World War Two. Right. Yeah. And that's June sixth. Mm-hmm. No. Eighth. Eighth. Oh really? Yeah. That's my birthday. If anybody out there wants to send me a card, June eighth. <laughs> if you've made it, to, if you've listened to this strong finish, send me a birthday right. card <laughs> next June eighth. Yeah. <laughs> or send we, it now, yeah, and, we, and he won't open it yeah, until exactly. June eighth. Honestly, it yeah, it's just gonna be Got hanging out by the fireplace, man. eating lots of cheese and soup season. There you That's go. what I'm soup going season. home to. Here's the soup season. <laughs> next time on the podcast, wines for soup season. <laughs> hey, anything goes with soup. You gotta have a soup gene. Mostly Bart's Grenache goes great. <laughs> exactly. <soup. laughs> and Chenin Blanc will go with good the with, now, with the cheese. Yeah. Any, any more publicity for Dane Sellers uh, this year around Thanksgiving with the Chenin, like uh, Oprah? A couple <laughs> no, years John, ago. that was only. Hey, I loved it. That was man. two years ago. <laughs> That's okay, you can do. You can use a repeat. I'm sure. It's all good. We're on the cover of a magazine right now, John. What else do we need to do? <laughs> all good. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Right. Well, thanks, thanks for week. doing it. Thanks, thanks for having me.